How are we doing? Are we good? I've got an exciting word to share with you this morning. I'm excited. It's um, something the Lord's been showing me over the last couple of months. And uh, so I'm going to share it this morning and hopefully be able to just um, articulate it. But let's pray first. Lord, we thank you that we can come here this morning. We just um, dial down into peace, Lord, so that we would be able to receive, Lord, whatever's happened through the week or even this morning, Lord. We just lay that aside and we just go to peace. And we dial down to peace that we might receive, we might take hold of all that you have for us, Lord, this morning. I pray that this word that you've laid in my heart, that I'd be able to share it and that it would bear fruit, that it would be um, life to us from your word. I pray against any distractions and just to have open hearts and open minds to receive from you. We welcome you here, Holy Spirit. Just have your way. Shift things in us that need to be shifted. Renew our minds with your word. Angels, we welcome you here. The whole family in heaven. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. This morning I'm going to share about freedom from self about being free from little old me. You know, sometimes we get in the way, don't we? You know, God says this and we get it in our spirit where we're meant to be going and then little old me gets in the way and our heads get in the way. Sometimes we just need to take our head and put it over there for a bit and just let our spirit get, you know, in charge. But it's, this morning I really want to just hit being free from ourselves. And our last week we talked about, or Philip spoke about, all that Jesus went through for us on the cross. So he died for us, but he didn't just, he actually lived for us too. You know, you look all through Matthew, Mark, Luke and John and you see how he lived and what he did and, it's, and he sets an example for us of how we can live. You know, Jesus said, greater things will you do than I have done. He's like, he was expecting us to do some rip-roar and awesome miracles every day of the week. You know, he says, so he set an example. He said, I came so that I could live for you that I would die for you and that I'd be raised from the dead. And it wasn't for himself that he did it. He didn't do any of those things for him. He did it for us. He did it for mankind. He did it for all of us, which is an awesome thought that Jesus lived for us, that he died for us, and that he rose from the dead for us. He didn't do it for him. He did it for us. You know, he lived a perfect life. And after he rose from the dead, he appeared before the Father and he presented his perfect life. And the Father viewed his perfect life and he declared it perfect. And that's important that it was was seen as being perfect. That Jesus' life and his death and his resurrection, he was perfect. Because then he became our advocate. Without him being perfect, he couldn't be our advocate. He gives us his perfect life in exchange for all our stuff. He gave us his perfect life for all our faults and our shortcomings and our failings. And he says, I'll give, you give me your stuff, you give me your imperfections, you give me your struggles and your strife and your sicknesses and your poverty, you give me that and you can have my perfect life. I give you the power of that perfect life. I give you that so that when you stand before Father, you are seen as perfect. You are seen as my righteousness. My right standing is now yours. Think about that for a minute. That'll get you happy. 
That'll get you happy on a Monday morning. You are righteous. Your, your imperfections are washed away and you can take hold of Jesus' perfectness. Is that a word? Perfectness? <laughs> you can take hold. That's what it means when we take communion, that we're taking hold of everything that Jesus has done for us. That all our sin, all our shortcomings were washed away. That we're actually free from little old me. Because, but only, it only happens when you give it over to Jesus and say, I don't want that. I'm going to take your perfect life and you've given it to me. It's mine. It's mine. That's an awesome truth of the gospel, that he took our imperfections and gave us his perfect life, that he became our righteousness, that it became ours. And that's a perfect salvation. You don't have to add to that. You don't have to work for that. You don't have to struggle for that. That's a gift of God. You can't make yourself worthy enough for that. It's a gift. So you do not have to, you know, you see people and they're struggling and they're striving. You see people trying to do good works. And that's, you know, it's good to do good things. It says do good, you know, good things. But it's not going to get you a better salvation. Because Jesus has done all that he's ever going to do to make you so that you are right before God. You're fully qualified to receive all the blessings that Philip talked about. That you're above and not beneath. A winner, not a loser. A success and not a failure. That you're healed by the stripes of Jesus. Amen? That you're prosperous in everything you put your hand to. That is the blessings. And it's because we take his perfect life and say, I take it and I, I, it's mine now. That you're fully qualified for all those blessings. Don't let the dirty devil steal them from you. You sit there and go, oh, yeah, but if I only knew what I'd done. If I only knew the thoughts I thought. If I only knew what I watched last night. You know what? You can come to Jesus and you say, Lord, I ask for your forgiveness. And I give you all my sin. I give you all the things that I've messed up on, even through the week. And I just give them to you. And I ask that you wash me clean. And then you are perfect before him. And you are worthy before him and fully qualified to receive the blessing. Fully qualified to receive all that the covenant promises for us. Amen? You can get excited about that later. Jesus' perfect life has been credited to our account. When you read through the Gospels, go home and read through Matthew, Mark, Luke and John and see his life. That life that he led has been credited to our account. Think about that for a minute. It's been credited to our account before God. I'll let that sink in. His death has removed all sin from our life and his resurrection and it has given us eternal life. And you know what? His motive for doing it was love, that he loves you. He loves you. Now, the problem we get, we can hear that, but we have trouble taking hold and receiving that is because we get in the way. One of the greatest challenges and obstacles we have to come in life is ourselves. We get in the way of all that God wants to give us, that he's pouring down. He did, Jesus went to the cross and he did everything he's ever going to do to bless you, to credit righteousness to your account, to cleanse you, to set you free. He did it all on the cross of Calvary. His blood was poured out for us. And the greatest thing that prevents us taking hold of all the promises, of taking hold of all the blessings, of kicking that stinking devil's butt, is that we get in the way. We say, oh, but God, what? 
What could you have ever done? What could you have ever thought? What could you ever do in the future that could prevent you from being healed and set free and cleansed by the blood of Jesus? Are you telling me that your sin is stronger and more powerful than the blood of Jesus? Are you telling me that your background is stronger than the blood of Jesus? Are you telling me that your sickness is stronger than the blood of Jesus? Are you telling me your depression is stronger than the blood of Jesus? Well, that would be blasphemy. That is not truth. Ourselves get in the way of being set free. And I want to kick it this morning. Have you noticed? The blood of Jesus speaks in the heavens. Nothing can come against that. The power of sin and death was broken by the blood of Jesus, by his sacrifice. His blood speaks. That covenant that Philip was sharing about, that is what it is. And it sets us free from ourselves. Our sin nature that was, you know, mankind's sin nature that we were born into, it desires to sin. And our flesh had an inherent impulse to go this way all the time to sin. You know, you don't have to teach a little kid to be naughty. They seem to know how to do it quite easily. You know, they grow up. But, but it's like, and that's our sin nature. But the blood of Jesus cuts it off. And it's like the stain of sin in our spirits. When you get born again, that gets washed away. If you know Jesus, you do not have that DNA, that stain of sin in your makeup anymore. That's what it means when it says that you are a new creation. The old man has passed away. You don't have that stain in there anymore. And you need to tell yourself. And you need to tell the devil. And you need to tell anybody else who tries to come and tell you, oh, you're a dirty, rotten sinner. Oh, we don't sing. You know, some of the songs that even sang in church, I'm a sinner. We're not a dirty, rotten sinner. We're a new creation. Kainos. You don't have that stain of sin in your spirit anymore. When you're born again, you're a new creation. And that inherent desire to pull over to sin, it gets wiped out. It gets washed away. But the thing that gets in the way is our little, little selves not understanding that truth. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. Romans 6, 6 says, Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. The sin nature in the Bible is described as the old man or the body of sin or the flesh. You know, sometimes here are saying, get your flesh out of the way and match your spirit up. Yeah? is the impulses of this nature. That's what they're referred to in the Bible. Colossians 3, verse 8 says, But now you... You ourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man, the old nature, the flesh. You've put it off with its deeds. When we come to Jesus, he doesn't just give us another set of rules. That if you do that, that that's what, you know, if you just do this and, and uh, you know, all these little rules. Yes, he has things that he asks us to do, but he doesn't give us a whole new set of rules and we have to try and live by them. That's the law. He gives us new life. He gives you new life. He offers a new spirit and he offers a new heart. And that sin nature is washed out of your spirit. You're born again in the spirit and your spirit's singing. La, la, la. I'm new, I'm new, I'm new, I'm a nothing. You haven't seen me before. That's what your spirit's doing. It's singing. It's singing. It's singing, I'm a new creation. I'm a new creation. You've never seen me before. 
You know, there's nothing like me ever being made before. I'm a new creation. Amen? And then he says that he'll give you a new heart. And it deals, when he gives you that new heart, it deals a death blow to sin. And the sin, our impulse in us, and our love for sin. He gives us a heart for God and a desire for righteousness. You know, you were a lover of darkness, and when you come and he gives you that new born again and you're new in your spirit, then he takes you from darkness to light. From darkness to light. That's what he does in your spirit. You're born again. A new nature is deposited in our frame, and we are urged to live in that zone where we take the initiative and put on that new nature every day. And this is what I want to talk about this morning. This is where we deal with ourselves, Because you are a new creation in Christ. The old is washed away. The old is gone. It's dead and buried. You know, when you go through the waters of baptism, that's a symbol of what happened in your spirit, that the old is dead under the water, it's dead and buried, and you come up to resurrection and new life. That's what the importance of baptism is, as it symbolizes what happened in your spirit, that you are a new creation. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're a new creation. You're a new creation. And we are urged to live in that new creation place, not to get that dirty, stinking corpse out of the grave again and walk around with it. Don't do that. You're not a dirty, rotten sinner. You're not unworthy. You're not a sickly bump on a log. You're not any of those things. Jesus says you're a new creation in him. And that's, that stain of sin has been washed out of your spirit. That's why it's, why it's so important that we know who we are in Christ. It's so important that we grab hold of who we are in Christ. Because we're to feed that newness. Don't feed that dead thing in the grave. Leave it. Leave it there. We take hold of the reality by feeding our new nature and starving the old. Don't go down there digging out that thing. I've talked about that before, that old hag. Just keep that thing in the grave. It was put in the grave for a reason. It's, you know, just leave it there. Leave that old nature, that old person, that dead thing that you were, dead man walking. Leave it in the grave because it is not who you are anymore. You are a new creation. And don't you let somebody come along and whisper to you and you, oh, do you remember? But I remember what you used to be like. Do you? Oh, I don't. God doesn't remember. That thing's dead. That person's dead. For I was crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Amen. Are you getting happy yet? Come on now. You're a new creation. You know, I'm, I'm sure that God can get rid of wrinkles too, you know. I see people, it's like he's a new creation. We're a new creation. If you get a happy on that on the inside, it's going to transform you on the outside. You know, I've seen it. I've seen people get a hold of this and their faces get transformed. Transformed. All right, so feed, feed the new nature and starve the old. Keep it in the grave. As we live in the spirit, living with and for Jesus, the old nature is put to death. Romans 8.13 says, For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Live by the Spirit. Live knowing that you're a new creation. You're a new creation. Now, freedom from ourselves, from our old nature, is a combination effort from both us and God. 
So I wanted to speak this morning as how do we feed that new creation? How do we feed who we actually are in Christ? How do we build that man, that woman up? How do we build our spirit up so that we're not tempted or not pulled back and digging that old corpse up? You know, because you know what they, I'm going to gross you out for a minute, but I've told some of you before is that a punishment for, for doing something wrong way, way back in the dark ages is that they would put, if they had a murderer, and they had murdered somebody, they'd killed somebody, their punishment was that they would get that corpse and they would put it and chain it to the living person's back and they would just leave it there. And as that corpse rotted, it would infiltrate and kill the person that was living. Not a very nice way to die. So this living person was carrying around a dead corpse And eventually that decay and disgustingness would seep in and all the disease would kill off that living being. Now, that's what happens if we go back and dig up that old man, that old woman that Jesus said is crucified with him. You don't want to do that. You don't want to go back into that old person and dig up old habits, dig up the stuff, you know, that you used to do. Leave that thing in the grave because if you don't, if you pick up that stuff and you don't put off the old nature every day, you're going to get that stuff in your brand new sparkling new spirit and it's going to start to kill off what God is doing. Gross you out, but it's a good illustration. You know, keep off the old. Romans 12, let's turn to Romans 12 verse 2. Romans 12 and verse 2. <clears throat> says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And verse 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This morning I want to just talk a little bit about being tra- transformed. Your spirit is transformed, but your your mind and your emotions and your soul needs that, that old way of doing things that it needs to be renewed. And it says you can be, do not do the stuff of the world, do not conform anymore to the things of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And this morning, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about our minds. And I'm very excited because I've been, God's been talking to me about this for months. And then I just, I had a breakthrough on it. And so I want to share with you just how amazing God's word is and just how amazing he has made us. So, you know, neuroscience has had breakthrough research confirming daily what God has laid out in his word already. So, in other words, science is catching up with the Bible. Science is catching up with what is in the Bible already. You know, what you are thinking, what are you thinking about? What you're thinking about every moment of every day, scientifically they have found becomes a physical reality in your brain and your body, which affects your optimal and physical health. So they're actually finding out that, you know, the Bible says, as a man thinks, so shall he be. Well, here it is that they're finding out that what a person thinks what their thought processes are, what their mind is doing, actually becomes a physical reality in their brain. So your thoughts 
affect your brain. And then when that is affecting your brain, that it affects every cell in your body. As a man thinks, so shall he be. That's what the Bible has said for a long time. Science just caught up on it. Our thoughts collectively form our attitude, which is our state of mind, and it's an attitude, not your DNA, that determines much of your quality of life. This state of mind is a real physical electromagnetic quantum and chemical flow. I'm going to get scientific for a minute, but you're going to get happy at the end. All right? And it actually, those things that are happening in your brain are at the, because of your state of mind, and it, and it switches groups of genes on or off in a positive or negative direction based on your choices and subsequent reactions. So actually what you think and what sets something, what your thoughts affects your brain and it switches things on and off in your brain that affects the rest of your chemical and physical makeup. Your cells, your very cells and your very DNA is affected by what goes on here in your thought life, your mind. And then those things that are in your thoughts go to your brain, you know, the matter, the physical substance, and it affects it. That's amazing. But you know what? Romans 12 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's profound. That you're actually new in your spirit, but you need to have think the old man and the old way of thinking has to catch up with what has happened in your spirit. So God said, right way, way back, be transformed by the renewing of your mind because when you renew it with what God says about you in your life, it is going to change the DNA structure of your genes and your whole physical makeup to come in line with this. He's renewed our spirit. He's made us a new creation. And then he works on this body because our spirit's already new, but he knows how to work in the body to turn things back to the way you were created to be in the image of God. So that's saying no matter, I'm excited now because this is breakthrough stuff that science has caught up with the word is no matter where you come from, no matter what genetic disposition you come from, no matter what background you come from, no matter what you've been through, that if you get this into you, you renew your mind with God's word and you're thinking how he thinks, that you're a new creation, that you are forgiven, that you are not sick, that you're not poor, no matter what you have done, no matter where you have been, if you renew your mind with the thoughts of God and renew your mind that it affects your very cells and DNA. Amen? Amen. You can just give a shout because that's something to get happy about. You don't matter. It does not matter where you have been. It does not matter that your father died of cancer, that your grandfather died of cancer. It doesn't matter if you've got thyroid disease in your family. Amen? That it does not matter because it says that you're a new creation and this is how we walk it out. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind because your thoughts change things, switch on and off things and your very DNA. Science, neuroscience is confirming that. What the Bible has said for centuries. That's amazing. It's so profound that our thoughts can actually change our physical makeup. Scientifically, this is called epigenetics. Spiritually, is choosing to walk in the truth of Deuteronomy 30. I've set before you blessing 
and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants will live. Amen? It's awesome. The brain responds to your mind by sending neurological signals throughout the body, which means that your thoughts and emotions are changed into physiological and spiritual effects. And those physical effects are reflected in our emotional and mental states. So in other words, our beliefs, what we believe, takes on a physical existence. And it can change how our cells are operating. What you believe takes on a physical existence, either making a positive or negative change in your cells. That's right. Scientifically, that's right. Medically, that is right. They're proving it because they can, spirit, they can brain imaging and map it. They've proven this scientifically. The great news that we are wired for love and mental circuitry is wired for the positive. God created us in his image. Mankind was created in his image. And God is a very positive God. So he has not wired our whole circuitry in our brains for negativity or for toxic thoughts or for bitterness or for unforgiveness. And when we transform our lives by renewing our minds with what God says a way to live, forgive. Let go of that. Follow my ways. Don't get into that. When we transform our minds, our thought patterns, it affects our brain and that circuitry for love, which is what God says to live like. We're wired for love. And when we go that way, you know what? Every morning there is new little baby nerve cells created in your brain. You know, medical science up until this point has thought that we were hardwired at birth that this is the way you are. And they're finding out that that is not the truth. That is not the truth that you know that you're hardwired and this is going to happen and that you, that you are going, your brain ages. Your brain does not age. Hello. Your brain does not age or degenerate when you are transformed by the renewing of your mind to live how God says. So you don't have to be afraid of getting dementia anymore. You do not have to be afraid of all that aging rubbish of forgetfulness and stuff. That's something to really get excited about. That's scientifically proven. There is new little baby nerve cells that get created every morning. You know what? Because the Lord's mercies are new every morning. Ah, see, Bible. Science is just catching up with the Bible. You've got new, new brain neurons all there just fresh this morning. And they make new connections. And so you can, you know, if you are hardwired for love and positiveness, that means that what we're thinking can change. If you've been not positive, you've been negative, you've been unforgiving, you've had bitterness in your life, because they are renewed every morning, it means that you can unwire that stuff in your brain and make new connections, that you don't have to stay like that. There is hope for us. That you, if you, no matter where you have come from, that you can make new connections in your brain and then it starts to release and switch on and switch off according to the positiveness that you're putting in and what you're thinking. Are you excited yet? It's awesome. Amen. <laughs> okay, so we're designed to make good choices. And our bad choices and reactions were wired in by our choices and can therefore be wired out. Because you have new little baby nerve cells every morning. 
Our brain is neuroplastic. By definition, that means it is malleable and adaptable, changing moment by moment every day. And then finally, the scientists are beginning to see the brain has renewable characteristics, just like Romans 12 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God would never have said you could be transformed by the renewing of your mind if it wasn't truth that actually your brain changes moment by moment because what goes on in your brain then switches things on and off in the rest of your physical body, which then affects your emotions and your actions. Amen? So our brain is no longer viewed as a machine that is hardwired early in life, unable to adapt and wearing out with age. Science is of using brain imaging techniques and the evidence of behavioural changes to discover that people can change their brains with their thought life, with their minds. How we think, they have discovered, has ramifications in the way that our genes and our bodies express themselves. Now just bear with me for a minute because I'm going to give you some science, all right? And you can listen again and listen a bit closer on the, on the podcast. So our thinking sets off, so this, just you listening to me, is setting off an intricate and organized sequence of actions, of neurotransmitters, proteins, and energy that form a signal. So you're listening, you're thinking, that's setting off all this stuff in your brain as a signal. Now that signal is created by our thinking that passes through the membrane of our cells that travels to the cell's nucleus and enters our chromosomes. And then it activates a strand of our DNA. Now, our DNA is zipped up in a little cocoon. Almost as though it, it was like a, little, you know, like a little caterpillar cocoon. Our DNA is zipped up like that until it's activated or unzipped by that signal that was set off by our thinking. And when the DNA is zipped up, So it's closed up in a cocoon. It's sitting there dormant or inert. And it has to be opened by the appropriate genetic code needed to build the protein to read it. So our thought life sets off a signal that comes along to our our cells, that goes to our chromosome, which is where all our DNA and our genetic disposition, you know, all is. All right, so our thinking. Now just, you'll, you'll figure out why this is important in a minute. As it's opened and the code is read... RNA, a type of protein that almost acts like a photocopier, makes a copy of the code, which serves as a guide or plan to build the proteins within the machinery inside your cells. And this is called genetic expression. And we also have a little gene called a Krebs gene that chooses to switch on and off by our thoughts. So why is that so important that our thought life sends a signal that goes into our cells that either can unzip or keep up, zipped up our gene and a genetic expression? It's because we often live with the understanding that our genes have, been, have ultimate power over our health and mental well-being. That genes may create an environment within us to which a problem may grow, a predisposition, but they're not actually the problem. I want you to really listen to this because there's a lot of stuff out there in the world that says if you have this gene, you're in trouble. As a woman, that is out there big time. And what does it cause when you hear that? Fear. And where does fear come from? The devil. So I want you to get hold of this. This is why I'm going into the science of it because 
our genes may have a predisposition to because of our background, but they are not actually the problem. We produce it through our choices. Our choices act as little signals that unzip that DNA. So your thought then gets into the very into the very cell that then sets this protein off into, into action that will either unzip that DNA, no predisposition to heart disease or cancer or whatever. And if you do not go there and you do not let your thought life go there, they're saying that that genetic predisposition, that genetic coding will stay zipped up. It'll stay zipped up which means that just because your father or your grandfather had a heart bypass at whatever age means that you don't have to have that. Just because both your parents or your whatever had cancer or breast cancer, I'm going to hit that one. You don't have to have your breast taken off. You don't because it's in the genetic DNA that you can change it. Because that, that is activate, that thought, thinking, this is me, this is me, I'm going to get this, sets off a signal into your genetic expression and then bang, you've unzipped, you've unzipped it. As a man thinks, so shall he be. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You are a new creation in Christ. Yeah? The curse is washed away. You know, all those things that God speaks to our spirit must have a physical outworking. And that little verse from Romans 12, verse 2, there it is. When Jesus says you're free from every curse of sickness, of poverty, of death, of of your ancestors, when you're free from that, he means it. But there is a way to latch onto that and appropriate that in each of our lives. And this is one of them. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind to know who you are in Christ and what the blessing actually means. That you are not bound by genetics. You know, you even, I know, because you go into the doctor's surgery and you have to write all your genetic, or don't you? You have to say, oh, my father had diabetes or this heart disease. You do, don't you? Anybody been to the doctor and have to do that? And that's because science is set up into this point that, you know, you are, that's hardwired into your genes and that's just the way it's going to be. But the Bible says the exact opposite. It says that every curse is broken. It says that, you, that sickness was dealt with. It says that poverty was dealt with. It says that you're not under any curse anymore. But I tell you what, we have to get free of ourselves and free of our little, oh, this is me, this is me. And understand who we are in Christ and what Jesus has done for us. That's why it's so important that we get into God's way of thinking and think like he thinks and speak like he speaks. Think like he thinks and speak like he speaks. Because if you don't, you're going to get what the world throws at us. You're going to get every, you know, you just get whatever comes your way. That's why it means to stand firm in your faith. Do not be enslaved any longer by the law of sin and death, it says. You know, do not, be, do not let yourselves be enslaved. But you've got to stay in this every day and renew your mind. And sometimes you've got to remove, remove your mind. Something will come at you. Somebody's been diagnosed with this or that. So one of your friends just got cancer and, oh, you better go and get checked. And I'm not saying don't be careful about things. I'm not saying don't go to the doctor and get yourself checked out. You know, work where your faith is at. But you don't have to have all that because 
The Bible says you renew your mind and you renew it and be transformed by your thinking, what God says about you, and don't go unzipping all that stuff that's that dead person. I don't care where you've come from. I don't care what your sisters or brothers have had. That's, that's no longer I that lives, but Christ who lives me. That, that back there, your genetic, whatever it is, is dead and buried when you come to Jesus. Be transformed by renewing your mind to understand who you are in Christ and you think those things. Because then it's not, you're not sending these little signals off of fear and worry and all the things the devil wants us to get into. Our genes are constantly being remodeled in response to our life experience. So when you renew your mind with what God says about you, your genes are being remodeled. God has built in the operational principle of neurogenesis. New baby nerve cells are birthed daily for our mental benefit. The truth of Romans 12 is that you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You're a new creation. The old has passed away. So how we walk in that newness of life is put off the old man, put off the things of the flesh, put off what the world says, this is who you are, and renew your mind and build up your spirit because your spirit knows who you are, that you're a new creation, but your mind has to be renewed because when you renew your mind, their thinking changes your whole makeup physiologically of your brain. And when your brain gets hold of that, it sets off a whole little signals that change your genetic makeup. Now that's science, backing up the Bible. And that's awesome. That's something to get happy about. You can have a good listen about it later on today if you're going, oh my goodness, it's too much science. But I just want to tell you this morning, you're not victims of your past. You're not victims of your family. You're not victims of our biology. We are co-creators of our destiny alongside God. God leads, but we have the choice to let him lead. We have, designed, we have been designed to create thoughts, and from these we live out our lives. We're made in God's image. He said, you have all authority. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? You're a new creation. You're, you're a winner. You overcome by the blood of the lamb. All those scriptures, you, you look at them in the light of what I just told you, that you're an overcomer, that you do not have to be afraid. A thousand might fall at your right hand, 10,000 at your left, but that pestilence will not come near your dwelling place. Hmm. Yeah? Why? Because if you renew your mind with what God says about you and your thoughts are in line with his thoughts, it starts stuff off on your brain, which sends signals to the rest of your body and changes your genetic makeup. Amen. And that is why we don't have to be afraid. That is why we don't have to be enslaved anymore because we can be transformed. It's with our minds that we understand the truth set down in our spirits and it's with our minds that we wire these truths into our brain which then goes to the rest of our body. It's with our minds that we choose daily to develop the spiritual part of who we are and therefore put away all filthiness and wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save our souls. James 1, 21. It is our minds that we reject or believe the lies of the enemy and it is with our minds that we can change the physical reality of our brains to then reflect our choice of following after what God says. The next couple of weeks, we're actually going to talk about the power of the word. 
But you can see how powerful it is from what I've said this morning. And we're going to talk about how we apply that word. And we're going to talk about having a detox of what goes on in here. Because we need to be free of ourselves and we need to be free of what the world throws at us. We don't have to live in fear anymore. We do not have to be enslaved by what goes on in here. The battlefield really is our mind. But Jesus, who he sets free, is free indeed. Let's just take hold of all that he has laid out in the word. For for centuries, it's been plain and black and white there for us. Let's grab hold of it and we don't have to be afraid and we don't have to come under all that stuff anymore. We can be transformed by the renewing of our mind to know what God's good and perfect will for us is and we can run the race and we do not have to be afraid and we can want to live to 120 because we're not going to be sickly. Oh, why would I want to live that long? Well, because you're going to be this awesome, buff, fantastic person who rip-roars through life, who is, you know, who has a sound mind. That's what God's word says. He says, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but I've given you a power, love, and a sound mind. Why did he put that in there? Because he knows, he knew that science was going to catch up with the word, and he's going, oh, yeah, whoopoo, they've got it. Why did he put in it that he would give a power, love, and a sound mind? Because he knew that if you could get hold of what goes on in your thought life, it's going to transform your absolute inner being. Your cells are transformed when you renew your mind with the word of God. Amen? It's so exciting. You can just have a think about that and get excited about it. But uh, have a listen if you want to the podcast. It'll be up this afternoon. Just have a think and renew your mind with who God says you are. That you don't have to be afraid. That you're not a slave of anything and you're not a slave to your genetics anymore. Be transformed by renewing of your mind. And know who God says you are. That you're righteous, that you're cleansed and you're free from every curse. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the promises that have been deposited in there for us. Lord, I pray that you would open your word up to us more, that we would just grasp a hold of the blessing that is in there for us, the blessing of who we are, the freedom that is in your word, that as we read it, that we don't have to conform any longer to the way of the world and the pattern of the world, but that we can be transformed when we renew our thinking processes with what you say because it changes our whole genetic and physical makeup, Lord. And we thank you so much for putting it in there for us. And we, and we just pray a blessing on all those neuroscientists who have found these truths. And uh, we pray that you would just open your word up to us and get us a real understanding of who we are in you. I pray freedom over every person, Lord. I pray clarity that the words I've heard this morning that they would bring life. Where there has been fear and worry, I pray life and freedom and release to know who we are and what the blessing means for us. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You can get happy as you listen and think about that throughout the week, but uh, be very blessed. Know that you're a new creation in him, and uh, that's an awesome thing.